the first memory that I have is that I'm sitting outside and I'm watching my dad draw something and I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, that's magic. Like if I could do that, I would never want to do anything else. Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. We're on the Relay FM podcasting network, and I'm your host, Aline Sims. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by our guest, Virginia Poltrack. Virginia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. This has been in the back of my mind for months like maybe even a year to get you on here. So I'm so excited to finally have you on the show. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I know we were talking back and forth and I feel like each time we had a conversation, I was getting like more and more excited. Like, oh, I can't wait to, <laughs> you know, sit and talk with her. Well, th- thank you. That makes me feel really good. Um, Virginia, before we get further into it, who are you? Um, so I'm actually an artist slash illustrator slash designer. Um, And I live in Western Pennsylvania, um, and I've been freelancing for about four years now. I started my own company, um, and I work on everything from, you know, things like drawing in my sketchbook to working on watch faces for smartwatches to infographics and illustrations for different teams and companies. Uh, So a little bit of everything across the board. So you are so talented. I'm just going to, I'm just going to start with that. So (laughs) the first time I, I think my introduction to you was actually from our mutual friend, Yasmin Evian, um, who has been for people listening, has been on a a guest on the show and who also has a show on the Relay Podcasting Network uh, called Material, all about kind of Android, Google alphabet type stuff. And, um, she and I live, I don't know, like 45 minutes from one another. Oh, and I'm so, so jealous. Oh, she <laughs> is the best. Isn't we were, she the best? She is. She is. Yeah. Um, and so we met for coffee one day and I was looking at her, her, I don't know which, which Android Wear watch she has, but I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that is that like, like that watch face is so cute. Where did you get it? And it was an illustration that you had done. So that was the first time I heard about you. And then I started kind of diving down the the art rabbit hole and looking at the things that you'd done. And I I wish we could make watch faces for for Apple Watch because I I, I would have all of your art on my wrist all the time. I, well, I appreciate so that. Cute. Do you know what's so funny? I well, a couple of things. Um, so I hear that from people that have Apple Watches. You know, that they're not, at least at this point, allowing any sort of third-party development of watch faces. Um, and people will say, you know, Virginia, are you going to do anything with the Apple Watch? And I'm kind of, um, well, I'm biased in that I'm very much in love with Android Wear and my watch. But I just love making the watch faces. So it's kind of like until I have the opportunity to do that for the Apple Watch, um, yeah, I'm sticking with Android Wear. Like it's so much yeah. fun, and it never, ever occurred to me that I could design watch faces. It's not something I ever thought about until we got the smartwatches. Um, I was at IO fourteen with my husband, and that was one of the gifts that they gave away. 
So we had these smartwatches and we started working on watch faces and it was just so much fun. And now I'm like obsessed with it. That's all I want to do is make watch faces. Well, and it seems like, yeah, it seems like you do it for fun. Like I, you know, I follow you on Twitter and it seems very frequently, like a couple of times a week, you're like, oh yeah, I'm just working on a watch face. Um, it's, I'm like a monster now. I'm just <laughs> completely obsessed and I love doing it, which I, yeah, I, it's just funny how things work out, right? Because if you would have said to me three years ago, you know, this is something you're going to love and enjoy doing, I would have said like, that's crazy. I'm what, I, I don't know how to do that. Like I've never done that before. Um, and I just sort of started doing it and messing around and made a ton of mistakes to be clear, but I think that's a good way to learn, you know, how, how to do something, I guess. Yes. This is a conversation I have with myself a lot. Like, oh, Lane, you really messed that up. And it's like, yeah, well now I know what not to do next time. Exactly. Exactly. So I heard you on material, you did like a little guest spot a while back, um, and I'll link to that in the show notes, where you were talking about making the watch faces and that initially, correct me if I'm wrong, if because I didn't re-listen to it before we started talking today, but you started just doing the watch faces, but you've since kind of expanded and started like illustrating the watch faces. And now you kind of do both the illustration and the the programmatic stuff for that is that am I remembering correctly um kind of and actually this is a good story too so I started out doing the illustrations and um my husband did the development and so for a long time and I don't know why I think everybody has this to some extent like you you look at something and you think like oh I could never do that Mm -hmm. not even with a valid reason of like why you couldn't do that it just seems so impossible at that moment and, and so that was sort of my approach to development. Like I'm not a developer. I don't have a computer science degree. I don't know how to do that. And actually it was through women tech makers, um, and a couple of Slack channels that I'm in that I had the opportunity to meet some amazing, amazing, awesome women who are developers and they had actually started drawing. And I was so impressed with what they had done and sort of their attitude and approach that it really inspired me to say, hey, if they're developers and and they're, you know, doing these lovely drawings, maybe I can go from being an artist to learning a little bit about development. Um, So I've started taking some courses online through Udacity for Android development, and it's been awesome. So I love that that... I don't know, that genesis, I guess, of going from thinking, oh, this is definitely not a thing for me to like, oh, maybe it is a thing for me after all. Right. That's so, um, well, and also to be clear, I basically just break things a lot, but I I am learning in that process. Um, And I think the most important thing is just, you know, trying. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds a little silly, but it's true. So like people all the time will say to me, like, I'm not an artist or I wish I could do that. But my analogy is, you know, I don't play the guitar, but if I spent 15 or 20 minutes a day playing it, at some point I would be reasonably proficient. And I think you can apply that to anything. Um, And I know that it seems intimidating, like, you know, I don't know anything about programming or development, but, you know, I learned how to draw. I didn't start out drawing like I draw now, it, it was just, you know, putting the time and effort into it. So 
Like I really try and encourage people to do that. I think we're capable of doing a lot more than we think that, that we are. So it's interesting that you said that what you do is you break things because you, as you were speaking, I was like, oh, that sounds just like a developer to me. Like that's, that's <laughs> developing, like you break things and then you think, oh, wait, how do I fix this? I mean, that's not all of it, but it's a big, big chunk of it anyway. I like that. That makes me feel better. That's, oh, yeah. that's, so I'm on the right track. I like that. That's good. That's I good. Like, I think it was something like, I don't think it was a year ago, but definitely like last fall, uh, someone, I don't remember how I heard it. It was, but someone said coding has changed to Googling stack overflow. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like most of what, most of what coding is, most of what development is, is finding solutions to problems. It's not so much the sitting down and actually writing the code. So I don't know. I think you can call yourself an artist slash developer if you want to. It feels, it feels like right that. to me. I appreciate that. I feel, um, well, I feel so much more like established now, right? <laughs> like, yes, I'm learning both. That's awesome. So I think to your point, trying new things feels really scary, especially for me and people like me. And maybe you're the same way where it's like, I'm a planner. And so I like to think about like the steps of things that I need to do until I get a thing done. Um, and sometimes I don't know when to start or where to start or how to start. And so then I can't plan out any further than that. No, that makes sense. And I hear people talk about that too with, um, for example, like starting a business. Not that I'm an expert in this area. I'm my experience was very much trial by fire. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also the kind of person where like, I will just say, I don't know, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but you know, we'll, we'll give it a go. And I, and I think that sometimes it's really easy for people to get caught up in like, well, there's this step and this step and this step and what order should I do them in? And how important is this to consider? Um, as opposed to just kind of starting. Um, and that might sound kind of silly, but I think it's really easy to sort of talk yourself out of something when you're getting overwhelmed with like, oh, but look how much there is to do. Yes. You are speaking to me. Right? <laughs> Instead of like breaking it down, like, let's just start here and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're just, yeah, that's, that's exactly my, my problem is thinking about it too much and then like freezing up. Uh, I understand that though. One of my other goals is speaking back to like people can do more than they think they can. And I really encourage people to try stuff, especially with drawing. My dream in life is to have like a set of like, here's a sketchbook and a pen and here's a video or something like some kit that I can just send to people that is like, you can do it. And it it's okay. And like, I would send it out to everyone in the world. Be like, all right, everybody sit down and drop me. I promise. I haven't figured out the logistics behind that, but. It seems like a big undertaking. Yeah, it does, right? For everyone in the world, yeah. So how did you get started in drawing then? Because I look at, at your art and you know, the art of, I follow like a lot of hand lettering people, like calligraphy people who do like 
professional calligraphy or professional like lettering, you know, and really sketching out letter forms and filling them in. And like, that's what I do on Instagram is I follow those types of people. And it just looks like I look at my handwriting. That is such a skill. Isn't it? Oh, isn't that the loveliest thing ever? I'm, I have such (laughs) respect for letters because that's a gift I do not have. Um, I'm working on it. Not there yet, but oh, (laughs) so beautiful. But I do. So, so that thing that you're feeling right now, like I look at the things that you do, like as we're talking, it'll be done. It'll be over by the time um, this episode goes out, unfortunately. But right now you have a shirt on Cotton Bureau that's like little sketches of each of the Android um, operating system names, you know, so you've got like a little gingerbread man and a little, you know, ice cream sandwich. And it, it's so cute. And I look at those and I'm like, I could never do that. Oh, but you could see <laughs> You you can get the first package when I send out and create the encouraging everyone to draw packets. I can, I can be I can be one of your alpha or beta testers. But so but what I love that. I love what it. Is, <laughs> see combining that software development with with art again. Um but how did cuz I've heard you say this um well you said it just a minute ago here but I've seen you like maybe on Twitter or something talking about how you have worked to become an artist and I think probably further, this is me talking, not, you know, not what I've seen you say, but, um, you have, I feel like you have a really distinctive style too. Like I can look at, at what you do and think that's probably something Virginia made if, if your name is not attached to it. So like, what, what has that Genesis been like for you from like getting started to, to being where you are now? Do you know what? It has been a very long road. I will tell you, so actually, this is the honest to God's truth. The first memory that I have is that I'm sitting outside and I'm watching my dad draw something and I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, that's magic. Like if I could do that, I would never want to do anything else. Uh-huh. Like that's incredible. Right. And I remember that so vividly. And I, I maybe was like three or four. But so from then on, like that was it. That was all I wanted to do. That's what I was going to be. I didn't really have a plan or like, how is that going to work or how, you know, what does that look like? It was just always something that I loved doing. And I think at first, probably I was terrible, um, but whoever was encouraging me or whoever saw what I was drawing was kind enough to say, you know, that's not so bad, you know, keep at it. Because here's the other thing, when we're all little, right? And somebody gives you a box of crayons and paper, you are so excited. And you don't think like, oh, I'm not very good at this, right? Like you're just stoked to start drawing. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, for a lot of people that changes. And I think it's a matter of, you know, they don't have confidence in doing it, which I get because for me, that's like math and science and all these other sort of subjects. So like, I get it. Um, I think that somehow I just kind of made it through that point. So literally my whole entire life, that's the common thread. Like I always had a sketchbook. I was always drawing. It's the one thing that I always loved doing. I didn't ever want to do anything else. Um, But it definitely wasn't, um, I've had a very non-linear path to get here, right? Like there were a lot of times where I was waiting tables because that was the job that I could get or, you know, doing something else that I frankly didn't like at all. Um, just sort of in an effort to try and get something started. 
Uh, and when I started my company four years ago, again, it was because I live in a very small town and I had lost my job and I didn't really have an alternative. Um, and it was my husband actually who said, you should just start your own company, see what happens. Um, so I'm very grateful to him for that, you know, support and sort of, you know, just go for it. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, anytime I start to complain or think like, oh, this is really hard. I'm like, yeah, uh, no, I'm not complaining. Like, this is what I've always wanted to do. And now I get to sit here and do it. So everything is good. That's so cool though, that, um, you're doing what you always dreamed of doing. Yes. Like, I know, I know that's not always, I know it's not always magical. Like being an adult is, is awful sometimes, but, <laughs> um, but like ultimately you get to draw and sketch and that's what you always dreamed of. And that's beautiful. I do. And it's crazy. And honestly, there are times that I think like, okay, is the other shoe going to drop? Right. Like, is something going to happen or like, I'm, like, why do I get to do this? And there's tons of people that aren't that lucky. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and while it has been a while and while, you know, I've had lots of other jobs that I was not happy at, um, you know, I am now. And so I'm sort of trying, I guess, be cognizant of that and grateful for that because, um, you know, not everybody has that. So, so, okay. You had just lost your job. That's, that's done. And now I'm going to start a business. Like what was, what was your approach to that besides, I don't know, like intense fear and frantic scrambling if your experience was like mine? Oh yeah, no, it was definitely disorganized. Um, at first I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to have to wait and I'm, of an age where I would rather not have a job if I can speak honestly. And I was, you know, I have phones and like, I've been working at this for so long and is this never going to happen? And, um, that panic lasted for about five minutes, honestly, because then I called my husband in tears, like, what am I going to do? And, uh, fortuitously, literally like six months prior to that event, I had joined Twitter and I had joined Instagram and I had sort of started using social media for the first time and had gotten a really positive response from people like, Oh, I really like your drawings. And it was actually really going well. And I really enjoyed using social media. And so he was the one that brought up the fact, like, listen, you're, you're on all these platforms now and you sort of have a voice and, you know, some people are starting to see your work. So I think you should focus on that right? We'll get you an LLC. We'll get you set up with the accounting software and we'll, you know, go from there. Um, and again, very much, it was a trial by fire, mm. but I've been really lucky to meet some incredible people that I have helped me out tremendously. Like for sure, without them, I would like, we're probably not sitting here having this conversation. Like that's how grateful I am to the people that have helped me. Mm-hmm. It's good to have support. Oh, especially I think um, there's so many people now that are freelancing or, you know, they're working from home or they're sort of in these, um, like, it's just, just me. So like, even when we started talking today, um, like it meant the world to me that you were saying all these kind words about my work, um, because typically I'm, it's just me and the dog here. And it sort of feels a little bit like being in a vacuum, right? So I'm not... Um, 
I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really speaking with people. So it's always nice to sort of have that validation of like, I see the work that you're doing, or I appreciate it, or, you know, that resonates with me. So Mm -hmm. that to me is, I'm so grateful to hear that. So thank you for, for saying that. Oh, my pleasure. Um, (laughs) Like, honestly, I, it's just, I don't know. I love the best part about doing a podcast, honestly, is getting to meet the people who do things that I admire and meet people who I admire. Um, And I get to tell them, hey, I really, really love, you know, this thing that you're doing. That's really neat. So that's I'm always happy when um, because, you know, sometimes people come on and I don't know them very well. I'm not familiar with their work, but. Every once in a while, I get someone who I'm like, yes, you know, like, I know I've been following you. Like, I don't know, that sounds stalkery. I've been, but I've been no, following No, no, I get this. that. So <laughs> anytime I'm at an event or I see some of the people like that I was just talking about that have really and truly gone out of their way to help me, like, it's so important to me that I'm like acknowledging what they've done and thanking them. So they probably think I'm a little bit of a crazy person. Like, okay, you can cool it with the thanks, but I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's really important that I say that. Yes. No, I totally understand that. (laughs) I totally understand that. So yeah, like, I don't know. I like boosting people up and I like, I mean, I don't know, like not to make it dark, but I've lost enough people unexpectedly or even expectedly who I didn't get to say all the things that I wanted to say, you know, or that I didn't realize some of the things that I wanted to say. So it's like, I'm just going to say it and I hope it doesn't make things weird, but if it does, you know, I'll, I'll take the risk. No, I totally get that. Like, that's a big thing. Like, it's very important for me to people, um, that people know like where they stand with me and there is enough awful out there. Like when you find the people that you kind of connect with, um, and that you, uh, you feel like, well, I'm, my life is better because this person is in it. Like, it's important to say that. Yeah, I think so too. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. For, t- for people listening, like, I'm really not trying to be creepy if I say something to you and I'm sorry if I am. And you can tell me that, but I just, I appreciate people. I want people to know because yeah, the world's kind of rotten especially right now. So It is. On that note, everybody listening, you should text your mom right now and say hi because she's probably worried about you. That's true. Right? Say it now. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're driving, though. Not if you're driving. Then you should wait. Yes. Excellent advice. <laughs> so what kind of, going back to to the, the businessy side of things, what kind, if someone wanted to work with you, what kind of work are you, I guess, interested in in doing like what kind of um I don't know how to say it what kind of contracts do you look for um and what kind of art do you do I guess is a better way to 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 say what I'm trying to say no do you know what's funny I find that it's sort of so like here's an example a bunch of the projects that I just finished weirdly and it's weird how this always happens um not bad it's just funny that I'm I literally just did a bunch of projects that all involved stickers. So I was doing illustrations for stickers, but literally none of the people that hired me knew each other or knew, you know, what the other was doing. It just so happened that I was working on a bunch of stickers for a while, which was pretty cool. So, you know, sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes companies will hire me to do um, illustrations that they'll share on Twitter or Facebook for promotion 
Um, sometimes somebody will hire me just to do a drawing that they're giving somebody as a gift. Um, I've actually been working on a lot of posters too lately, which has been fun. Um, but it, it, I guess it just kind of depends on what the person needs or what they're doing. Um, and I try and, you know, figure out how I can best help them, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but I also, I'm really lucky because I get to do these side projects like t-shirts or watch faces that I can generate an income from, but they're sort of not restricted at all. So in other words, when I want to do it, whatever I want to do, I can create that and sort of put it out there and hopefully it's well-received. So I kind of do both right now between the personal projects and the client work. Um, but obviously I'm super grateful for the client work because that's, you know, where most of the income comes from. Mm. And I also have some people that have me on retainer that say, you know, here's what we would expect from you in a month. And, you know, here's the deliverables and we sort of work around that schedule, which is awesome also. Oh, that's really cool. It's interesting for me because I'm kind of in talks with um, some different companies about helping them with their documentation. And we're, we're having kind of this debate about, um, okay, is this an hourly rate type project or is this like a package deal where, you know, we come up with, with something and then, then, you know, I, I do this thing that we're agreed upon. We've agreed on no matter how many hours it takes. Yeah. That's always that's always a tricky conversation, right? Like flat rates between like flat rates versus hourly, especially like, I know I work really fast. And so I found that I was sort of doing myself a disservice sometimes by doing work hourly. I think it depends on the project and the person and the use case and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, there are so many variables, right? When you're figuring this stuff out. Yeah. It's really, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that kind of working quickly, like having a workflow down and, and, and being very efficient at what you do because uh, my husband, um, and this is not, not a plug, but I guess I need to disclose. So my husband, um, co-wrote a course called value-based pricing where that's kind of the crux of the issue is that, you know, once, once you become an expert and you're charging hourly, you're making less money, even though, you're an expert. Right. And so, yeah, we, we have had many conversations <laughs> about this kind of thing. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I put a, put together a rate sheet and he was like, you need to, you need to at least double your rates on here. And I was like, no, that's too much. Nobody's going to want to pay me that. Right. And, oh, that's a, that's a, a, um, entirely additional conversation, like rating and all this kind of stuff. And then you see things like, I know, especially in the creative field, like people, will and their intention is good and I appreciate it but they'll send me links to like crowdsourced um you know like some company wants a new logo and we're crowdsourcing it and mm. it's free but if you get picked you get x amount of dollars and I'm like please don't send me that because basically they want free work yep if if I submit something chances are they're going to own all the material copyright forever um, it, it's insane. And that makes me so angry because the majority of companies doing it could afford to properly hire a designer to do it correctly. Right. So that's, yep. that's a additional can of worms. Yeah. And working for exposure, I can't, and I'm sure you, 
I'm sure this is something because it it seems like it it affects artists and writers disproportionately is um, you do this work for me and you'll get really good exposure and that'll give you, you know, you'll get money down the line. Oh, if I had a dollar for every time I had an email or a comment like that, I would retire. Um, and I think to be fair, so like, here's the other thing that ties into that. So like really to be fair, I think that sometimes people just get genuinely excited mm-hmm. and they they don't mean to do something wrong. Mm-hmm. They, they just, they want something or they like something, which is great. Um, but conversely, you wouldn't say like, oh, can you please fix my car? And I'll just tell people you did a great job. Like that's not going to happen. Right. Or like when you go to the dentist and say, well, I'm not going to pay you, but I'll tell people you did a great job. Like, but somehow different in the creative field, which is frustrating. Yeah. So I think that that's, yeah, I wish people wouldn't, wouldn't so much do that. And the other thing I think that I see a lot of, and again, I don't think it's intentional. So I've sort of changed my attitude about this is that every day you see people like sharing images or sharing illustrations and they didn't make it. They don't give any artist credit and they are growing social capital based off of someone else's work. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, 99.9% of the time, they didn't mean to do anything wrong. And I get that. And so I think a polite email that says, Hey, you know, my name is Virginia. Here's what I do. I noticed that you shared my image, but like, here's the thing. Can you please at least put my name on it or link to my website? I would really appreciate that. Um, And I find that most people don't even, that didn't occur to them and they're happy to make that adjustment. Um, which that's a totally different situation than say somebody stealing your work and trying to make a profit off of it, you know, things like this. So there's all kinds of like weird sort of situations that come up that you're sort of forced to handle, um, which they don't really teach you about in art school. Yeah. And that's taking, (laughs) you know, it, that's taking time away from you being able to do what you want to do or, you know, even if you don't want to, it's time that you can't earn money. And it is, that's a really valid point. Um, and the more you have to deal with it, the more time that, right. It's sort of taken away from, you know, I could have designed a watch face and, you know, maybe made a little bit of money off of it. And now that's, you know, been pushed back till later. We'll get back to Virginia in just a moment, but before we do, I wanted to let you know about this episode's sponsor, Martian Craft. Martian Craft is behind some of the most prominent software on the App Store, but what you might not know is that they offer a wide variety of training. They have classes to accommodate everyone from entry level to senior iOS developers, anybody who's seeking to amplify their skills or improve collaborative problem solving. And they come to you, so this training happens on your terms. Fortune 500 companies rely on Martian Craft to make their teams and software even better. Find out for yourself why they're the right choice for your company. Go to martiancraft.com slash training to learn more. Our thanks to Martian Craft for sponsoring Less Than or Equal and all of Relay FM. One thing that you do with your art is you marry kind of your love for tech with your art. So like I said, you had this this super cute shirt on Cotton Bureau with all of, you know, the Android little icons for each of the Android releases, um, OS releases. And, um, you know, you, you do watch faces for Android wear. And so I kind of feel like you've got like this complementary relationship between, um, 
tech and kind of you're more of an analog artist, right? I see you post sketchbooks yes. and pens a lot. I don't see a lot of um, like digital sketches. It seems like you start with a sketchbook and then you go from there often, not always. Maybe. I do. Well, and do you know what's so funny? Really and truly for the longest time, I was so tech adverse and I couldn't really give you a good reason why I just was. And I really, I know it, it might sound a little silly, but really it was the technology that was coming out of Google that changed my mind um, because I met these lovely people that work there that were so sort of encouraging and really kind to me. Um, and I had so much fun working with it that uh, again, if like five years ago, you would have said, Oh, Virginia, you're going to have all these devices and like, they're going to be your most prized possessions. I would have said you were crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way I would uh, write, like, give me a pencil and a piece of paper and that's it. I don't want any of it. Uh, and now I've done a total 180, which is so funny. Um, because I just, it's the opposite of the attitude I used to have. So it's just funny how, how things work out, I guess. So let's talk about that a little bit. What, what about, um, the products and, and, um, systems that Google's releasing helped change your mind? I had learned about Google Glass. My husband had come home and said, Hey, did you hear about this thing? And he played a video of her glass back before it was released. And I was just like instantly captivated by it. And I'm asking him all these questions like, okay, well, can it really do all the things in that video? And like, do you think I could use it for this? And what about this? And what about this? And he was like, listen, I have no idea. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do you get one? And he said, you have to send out a tweet. And so no joke, I spun around in my chair and sent out a tweet and was selected for the Glass Explorers program. Oh, wow. But what I like, I know it's so funny how that worked out. But what I liked about it is that here you have this, you know, giant tech company who ostensibly, you know, has, so they're, you know, the best at what they do and they have all these products and it's sort of like, you know, the high mark for the way things are done. And they have this cutting edge product and they're saying, yeah, like we don't know what people are going to do with it. And like, there's not a right answer and we want to see what you guys come up with and, you know, go crazy and have fun. And it was sort of so much the opposite of any experience that I had had with tech before that I was so um, sort of endeared to the whole program. And so I got glass and I was, you know, making these drawing videos and sharing photos of my work. And it was just fun to use. And again, the people at Google were so lovely and kind and encouraging. And then I got to meet all these other awesome people that had glass that I still talk to today. And I'm consider them some of my dearest friends and like the whole experience was just awesome um so like as a sidebar some of the stuff that happened in the press with people you know not liking it or not being well received um it makes me so sad because my experience was nothing but awesome um and I, that might be you know in the minority on that but i'm i don't know it was it was great like i wouldn't trade that whole experience for anything that's really neat though. And I don't know, I kind of like, I like hearing stories of people changing their minds, you know, and, and why that yeah. happened. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, just because I changed my mind so much. I think. <laughs> right. Well, and the funny thing is too, so, so I had my mind changed 
change and I'm using all about it and I'm having so much fun. And then we went to a conference where they gave out the smartwatches. And so that led to like, oh, cool. Like, here's another awesome new device. And like, what can I do with this? And like, how does this work? And how can I, you know, integrate my illustrations with this? And what does that look like? And so it was also to me like serendipitous and like, I couldn't have planned any of that out um, at, at all. I mean, it's just funny how that worked out. Um, and so now here we are. And so I've sort of internally in the past, what, where perhaps I would have been like stressing out about like, you know, what is next and what is the plan and what should I do? Um, I kind of haven't had that for a long time because it's just sort of naturally progressed into something else, which I'm incredibly grateful for. So like, thank you, Google, because <laughs> I've had a really good time working with all these devices. Awesome. And as a result, you're more involved with like the tech community. Like you went to Google IO, I think for two years on a, uh, scholarships with women tech makers, right? Or am I misremembering that? No, it was two years. Um, and also, can I say, right. So since you brought that up, that team, they are so wonderful. I cannot say enough good things about them. Like they work so hard and they're so smart and so talented and not just me, like everybody that I know who has sort of interacted with them or benefited from, you know, the programs that they have is so grateful to them for all the work that they do. Like they are just the best. I just adore them. I have, I, that's all I have heard. I really need to get someone on here so that we can talk about it because um, it seems like your experience is pretty universal from all of the the women I know who have kind of been involved in that and have benefited from, you know, it just existing. Um, so yeah, right. it, it's really cool. And that I feel confident in saying that you would just absolutely adore them too. Whoever you would, <laughs> you were to speak with, I'm confident in saying that it would go really well and that you would like them a lot. Yeah, I, I need to make that happen. So yeah, but going going to IO, um, okay, so you, so you went from someone who kind of got into things because of Google Glass, and then you went to, started going to IO and, and meeting up with people, and uh, I think that's really neat. It was super fun, and it was also um, interesting for me because I had been in this space where previously... I was kind of in this design illustration space, um, working with people who sort of did what I did. And it was all, um, kind of focused in that area, which makes sense. But then all of a sudden, um, I was in a group of people that were all sort of programmers or developers and really smart and wonderful and good at what they do. But I was sort of not the lone artist. That's not an appropriate thing to say. But I went from being in the majority to in the minority, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and it was kind of fun because, like, right in school all the time I would get picked on for, like, being the art nerd or, like, why do you have to carry your sketchbook everywhere? And it was sort of, like, not a cool thing to do. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, that's really cool that you do that. And I was like, this is awesome. Where <laughs> have you guys been all my life? Isn't it amazing what links kids well it's not just kids people go to to other people like you carry a sketchbook that's weird I mean why yeah, is that weird not, it's paper uh, honestly even in art school people gave me a hard time for that 
Oh, which was very bizarre to me because I would think of all the places in the world where it would be appropriate to have that item. Right. Uh, but no. Yeah. So that was really, um, I don't know, I guess further endeared me to the community and that everybody was so supportive and no one was like, oh, you're so weird. Like, why do you have to be so weird? Why can't you do things this way or like do things this way? Everyone was very much cool. Like, that's awesome. And uh, it just was so welcoming and, um, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. Like that means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Those communities, I I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is a story of, of my twenties, but I felt like my, my twenties was, I felt very kind of unsettled, um, and uneven and, you know, my early thirties where I am now, especially the last couple of years, I've kind of felt like, well, and a lot of it is a direct result of, of the podcast, but I feel like I have community now in a way that I haven't before. And it's awesome. I mean, it's a little unsettling. I'm still getting used to having that, but it's really amazing to have people again, talking about support and encouragement and curiosity. And even just to have, you know, to know that you can bounce an idea off of someone and they're not going to criticize you Mm. or, um, you know, I don't, I am, I think you can't overstate the value in that. And it's interesting you say that. I feel like I've seen tweets and articles and just sort of general information in the past few weeks about how they sort of felt, um, uh, they felt a little more settled and sort of like, oh, now it's kind of working out. And like you said, I found the community that I sort of enjoy being in because I very much agree with your former statements that um, I also felt like very unsettled in my 20s uh, um, and just kind of, you know, what am I doing and where am I going and what's going to happen mm-hmm. and, and sort of all these kind of exhausting questions. Whereas now, like, I'm just so excited to make stuff. And that's wildly different from where I was and I, that I'm kind of in this place now. I love it. I'm so happy. That's, I think, um, my theme. As as I talk to people, I always kind of think about, like, what are the themes of this episode? And I feel like the theme of this episode has been um, support and community and contentedness. Does that make sense? I like that. Yeah, I agree with that. I really do. And the other funny thing you can even ask my husband, um, is that we, so I'm the, I'm the kind of person that like, I've had, you know, a few close friends, but not, I was never the cool kid or like the popular kid. Right. And when I got online and started sharing stuff and posting stuff, especially like and people were so kind encouraging that I I and kind of um I was just like what it, it was something I guess I kind of wasn't used to so like it took a little bit of adjusting but again I'm so grateful for that so yeah I, I can't overstate how much that means to me or like how much happier that has made me right it's amazing what a difference that makes it is I would like to say if anyone out there listening feels like they're still working on finding their community or maybe like, what does that look like? 
you can come join mine mm. because I promise everybody is very nice and I will introduce you to everybody. Or if I'm at a conference, come say hello and I can introduce you to everybody. Because I think it's important for people to feel included, right? I totally agree. That's, I think, kind of what I try to do too, especially in my corners where we're we're kind of all socially awkward. <laughs> like, right. I try, I try to facilitate that if I can. I, and that actually, that's another huge change that I think I've undergone is that if you would have put me in a conference a few years ago, I would have stayed glued to the corner and like terrified to talk to anyone. And now if I'm out there, I will go right up to somebody like, hi, I'm Virginia. What are you doing? Like, let's be friends. I'm not there yet. <laughs> like, it's, I, I don't know. I just kind of lost that sort of, I don't know, whatever that sort of shyness was. Um, I guess it was the support of the community, right, that helped me get over that. So, again, very grateful for that. But, um, yeah, it's so important. It is so important. I I am not there yet, but I'm trying to be. Oh, it's it's a process, though. I think it is. And I don't know, for me, I read a tweet probably where someone, um, oh, uh, a friend of mine tweeted and she said, you know, the kindest thing you can do for a really introverted person at a party is give them a job to do. Oh, I love that. And that makes it valid. Yeah. So for me, I noticed myself at, at, um, WWDC, the, the Apple developer conference that I went to last month, um, at the events where I had a thing to do, like we had for the podcasting network, we had a, um, a, a live show and I was kind of like a compliance type officer there, like a code of conduct person you could come to if you needed help. And at the app camp for girls fundraiser, I was, you know, like welcoming people as they came in. And like when I had a job, I did a lot better. Whereas if I was just at an event, I kind of, kind of stood off by the wall and was like, okay, you know, so I don't know, maybe something for, for people to keep in mind. If, um, you know, if you see someone at the side of the wall, standing by the wall, ask them if they need a job to do, if that would be helpful to them. (laughs) That's a genius idea. Also, we can tie that in with my sketchbook for everybody idea, because you can always have it with you and then you can draw or write. And, you know, if somebody comes up to you, you can say, oh, taking notes, you know, to possibly bring up as topics on my next podcast. Ah. Like, oh, you have a podcast? Oh, yeah. Let me talk to you about it. Right? Everybody needs a sketchbook and a pen. I'm going to work on this. That is an excellent idea. But I'm also going to have to fly down there to visit you and Yasmin because I feel like this hour went way too fast. And (laughs) now I'm frankly now I'm sad Uh, like I need to talk to you more often we can do that yeah for now Virginia where can people find you online oh so um on Twitter I am at b poltrack um or you can find my website at virginiapoltrack.com which has links to all my social media profiles um so I'm on Facebook Twitter, Google Plus, all over the place. But the easiest one to remember is virginiapoltrack.com. Okay. And I will put links in the show notes. 
Um, you can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or want to be a guest, you can tweet at me or go to relay.fm slash LTOE and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it would be wonderful if you'd leave a review or even just a star rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for less than or equal.